Hey there! Enjoying SPO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SPO Perspectives, the pulse of school business and the official podcast of ASBO International. I always like to repeat the official podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Dr. <laughs> Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed John Bercato. That's right. So um, we got a special uh, episode today for um, our New York listeners. I mean, we do have listeners all across the, the world, um, the country. Uh, but, but today, I think this is something that our listeners with in New York, all SBOs, is applicable to. So John, let her know who we have. Yeah, today we get a behind-the-scenes look at the New York State Comptroller's office. Now, I know a lot of you that are in New York are probably thinking, you know, alarm bells are going off. This is, you know, when the Comptroller shows up, it's scary. It's, you know, we don't know what's going on. But rest assured, we have a great conversation today to reassure all of you that have probably been through a Comptroller's audit a few times in your career. And if you haven't, uh, kind of what to expect. So, we have Ira McCracken. He's the chief of municipal audits at the Comptroller Head office. Honcho. Head honcho. <laughs> so we, we hear it uh, right from him on how they're really should be treated as a resource and are not trying to play that gotcha game. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Ira. Today on the podcast, we have Ira McCracken. Ira is the chief of municipal audits at the New York State Office of the State Comptroller. Ira, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. Welcome, Ira. How you been? Been well, man. You know, just moving along. That's it. Just trying to make it happen. That's, good. That's all. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really uh, grateful you're able to come on uh, today. I know that um, one of the reasons that sparked this coming on uh, to our podcast is that uh, you did a presentation some some years ago um, in the NASA uh, ASBO chapter meeting. So I'm really glad that you're able to come on. Um, so, um, you know, just kicking off for all of our listeners they don't know who you are. We always kind of just say, listen, you know, if you could maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, about your background, your experience, and and maybe if you can even define your role, right, with the OSC, or I should say Office of State Comptroller, for our listeners. Sure. So um, my name is Ira McCracken. Again, I am the Chief of Municipal Audits in the Hall Park Regional Office. Um, with OSC, we have um, offices from Long Island out to Buffalo. Um, I've been working with the controller's office for 22 years, working on wow. um, various municipal and school district audits. Um, probably for the past 12 years, um, I've been the chief. I manage the day-to-day operations of the office, which includes planning and assigning staff to the audit. So I'm not out in the field anymore like I used to be. You know, I'm in, in the office just handling the handling you, the. Uh, you in the high top? You in yeah, high I, if you want to say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but cool. you know, every once in a while, depending on you know, the, the, if it's a a big order or something, I might have to you know go yeah. out there maybe for an exit conference or entrance conference if it's a high profile. But yeah, but pretty much I'm in the office. Yeah, I was gonna say, how often are you able to get out to districts? Do you miss that kind of aspect I, of the job? You know what? Actually, I do. I tell even like the newer staff that are coming in because you know I'm the last person that you know when it comes to the interviews and they they talk to me, and that's one of the things I definitely say to them. Oh, I, I miss being out in the field, you know, meeting, um, you know, the officials, um, talking. To people 
seeing even seeing different parts of Long Island that I haven't seen before. You know, I have no reason to go with certain parts of East Hampton or even at the Queens border. I live right. in Islip, but you know, there, there are places on Long Island I've never been to before. And it's just you know, being doing the orders, I was like, wow, so this actually exists. You know, so I do miss that. Oh, good, good. Yep. So. New York State Comptroller audits are a major piece of the work that we have to accomplish in New York State. So, Ira, we are we're global on our podcast here, but um, you know, for us in New York, it's a really substantial piece of what we have to focus on every five or so years. So, we know that traditionally, you know, the auditors have come in periodically to work with school business officials, boards of education, superintendents, and administrative staffs uh, all across school districts, but the pandemic has really kind of shifted in in our experience, kind of how we interact with auditors in general. And I think really with the comptroller's office. So can you speak to how the pandemic has really transformed your auditing process and really how you conduct these audits these days? Sure. Well, the one thing that was good about our office and we were doing, you know, a lot of telecommuting remote work even before the pandemic. So the one thing about that, at least the transition wasn't as tough, um, but it did result in us um, developing approaches and tools to allow for a significant portion of, you know, the work to be performed in a remote setting. Um, it didn't impact our determination still to conduct as much work on site as possible because being on site, you know, we can, you know, have access more um, timely to the records and if, even um, um, staff while we're there as well. True. This way we can make sure our, you know, our work is complete and thorough. Did you find that school districts were equipped to kind of transition with you to a rem- more of a remote auditing or was this kind of a struggle to get all of these documents to you electronically or other means? And I think schools were actually equipped. And I think with the one thing was um, that the electronic portal that we used definitely helped a lot of school districts. I think we were kind of doing that beforehand anyway. Um, sometimes we would contact the school district and say, okay, we plan on doing an audit and can you upload certain information? So we were kind of starting to do that. So I think schools were actually equipped for that. So for the most part, I, I'm sorry, um, our stuff was basically remained constant. I don't think we had any real changes as a result of the pandemic. We still had to do what we had to do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, got no, no, I was, I was going to ask about, you know, something a little bit different with um, respect to um, you guys do fiscal stress ratings and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I guess piggybacking off the question that, that John stated, you know, I guess for many years, you know, I wanted to say that, like, people always said, you know, there's like a, a strike of fear um, with, with the OSC because I, I would say that they feel like, you know, my thing is like, if everything is good, why would you be, you know, fearful, you know, um, because <laughs> exactly you're doing, <laughs> but, um, I, I found that the OSC is really helpful. And I think that that's something that hasn't been put out there and stated how you guys have so many different, um, you know, studies and stuff like that, but we can maybe get to that more later on. My, my question though, specifically was around the fiscal stress ratings. And my curiosity is to like, how did, you know, you guys, I guess maybe several years ago, so it's hard to remember with the pandemic now, how right. the time frame, right? You don't know when stuff happened. <laughs> right. But you added the environmental factor. And I'm just curious as to like the reasoning behind it, um, what kind of feedback you got, you get from it. And like, you know, generally speaking, just the overall piece to the fiscal stress ratings and what the, what the OSC looks to really, um, you know, what's their objective behind behind it? And, and maybe before you go into those sure. factors specifically, can you just maybe let our listeners know just kind of the the definition of fiscal stress and kind of what you use to measure? So the fiscal stress monitoring system was something that the controller wanted 
basically to put in place, you know, and, and it's, again, it's not supposed to be a I got you. It's really say to put out there, say, okay, this is where your school district or municipality stands at this time. So in case, you know, people didn't know, be like, okay, well, maybe we need to go down this route or maybe go meet a change route in this far district, I'm sorry. But what, they, what was done when they came up with the fiscal stress monitoring system, it's like it's a, it's a rating system. I can't speak totally to it because that's more something that was done through Albany, my, my, okay. my region. We're doing more audit style. But generally what it is, is it based on you get a score for like six or seven environmental factors, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, um, student ratio, you know, the, the type of area, like whether it's, you know, minority area, something like that. And they basically give a score. And based on those scores, that's where you can say you can be in fiscal stress, susceptible to stress in, in that way. And so really it's looking at the financial health of your district, not just now, but kind of moving forward. And from the comptroller's standpoint, you know, how is a district in particularly performing and are they liquid enough to kind of, you know, be, be viable, right? That's, co- that's correct. And also, again, like with, with other types of environmental factors that are, you know, beyond the control of, you know, school district officials, that has to be, you know, factored in as well. And I'm wondering too, are, has the pandemic influenced the kind of makeup of the fiscal stress list that, you, that you've noticed? Or as how- far as I know, no. Um, and even it's fun you asked that question because as we, we discussed before um, starting, um, just last week we had the uh, Nassau Suffolk School um, um, Business Officials, I'm sorry, NISVA, they had a meeting in, in Huntington and um, what it, the controller was a keynote speaker, and that was one thing he discussed was the fiscal stress monitoring system. I think there was only there was like maybe three school districts on Long Island that were were in susceptible or, or moderate stress or something like that. And I think it was like maybe a total of twenty three in total, which he said is definitely a large decrease since the fiscal stress monitoring system was put in place. So there have been changes being done as far as you know school districts' health, without a doubt. Interesting, interesting, and. Yep. Another question too, with with kind of the financial health. I know that because of the pandemic, especially when it first started, there was a significant reduction in expenditures because we weren't running operations like we normally were. And as a result, school districts were seeing larger than normal surpluses at the end of the year because they weren't having right. to pay out, you know, everything they typically were. So sure. for those listening, there is a statute where school districts cannot maintain more than 4% of our unappropriated fund balance, which for us is really just kind of a rainy day fund. So if I recall correctly, there were many districts across the state that were exceeding that 4% limit because they didn't really have anywhere else to put that those surplus funds. So are you seeing that kind of scale back a little bit now that we're kind of back into normal operations or are, are, are many districts still kind of hovering above that 4%? There have been quite a few districts that are still hovering above that 4%. The, the thing now is, to your point, and even the controller mentioned this last week, is in the next couple of years when that that influx of all that money that came from, you know, the federal government and the and state, when that starts to die down, that's what's going to be the, the real thing that we have to worry about. Um, but when we look at that type of stuff, we, we, we kind of look at it based on a certain amount of years, right? Because we know the pandemic was something that was different. So if, if your you know, fund balance went up at that time, we know that's the reason. But there are some school districts where that was an issue even before that. So right, we kind of look at a trend. Excuse, right? right. So it's not an excuse because you, we know you exactly. guys didn't plan for the pandemic, right? Right, right. For sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, we definitely try to take that into consideration as well. 
So that's that's something to think about. And Ira, you mentioned something too that uh, I wanted to ask you about. So again, just to provide a little bit more context, uh, the the current governor of New York is phasing in a large portion of state aid that hasn't really been operating since its inception in 2007, which is exciting for us as school district business officials because we're seeing a huge windfall. But I believe recently the comptroller identified a deficit in the next few years in the New York state budget. So, you know, not to put you on the spot, but are you, are you seeing districts react to this? What is your kind of take on that from the comptroller's office to kind of prepare for a potential deficit in, in state spending? Well, I think it still goes to the whole budgeting thing, right? I mean, things like that definitely have to be taken into consideration if a deficit or, you know, or bad times are coming. You definitely need to make sure that you're preparing for it. We kind of talk about that with the budgeting issue anyway, you look, making sure you're trying not to, you know, under under budget your revenues too much and over budget expenditures. But of course, you know what? Budgeting is a, is a, um, it's a science, right? It's not perfect. Right. Yeah, we try to is. tell you, you know, to, to make sure that, you know, at least it's being reasonable. And that's really what it comes down to. That's part of the budgeting process itself. But you know, right now, currently, we haven't really seen anything specifically as far as school districts, you know, changing and addressing that. But I think they're, they're cognizant of it, without a doubt. Yeah. I, I would agree. You know, you know, if you could justify it, right, and it, like, so within reason, I think the OSC has always been able to work with school districts, and I think that's you know the thing that folks mean not realize. Um, but now, so you know, I alluded to earlier having met you years ago um, at a NASA chapter meeting, right? Um, and you were rolling out about new initiatives and studies that controllers offices are going. It was it was exciting, you know, about the new business, um, you know, and how they were supporting different things throughout, you know not just NASA, but around the state. Um, just checking in now on not those things, but just on any newer initiatives maybe coming up that you can maybe speak to that are happening in the future. Gotcha. Um, we, I can mention, uh, we, don't, we don't have anything specifically new, um, but I could definitely tell you our website provides access to a lot of research reports. We continuously sure. update that on local government management guides. But one thing I, I could tell that with as you can imagine, is a real big push. We were doing it even before pandemic, but cybersecurity, like that's oh yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I remember doing the meetings here yeah, in Annapolis, right? Like, like two years before the pandemic. Actually. Yes, yeah. right. So if, if you even look at a lot of school districts that we orders that we're doing right now, like most of them have a, a, a cybersecurity or information technology type of scope area looking at it. So, and of course, that's okay. what happened with the uh, Suffolk County. And I mean, we, a lot of school districts are definitely, you know, um, getting ready for that, and they understand it as well. But definitely, um, cybersecurity is big. So, so that's the focus. I'll just play it around. No, nah, that's all good. No, I mean that's that's. I can't even deny. It. I mean, it's definitely a big focus, without a doubt. Okay. I mean, there's, you know, we we of course we're still looking at the the fund balance things. We're looking at purchasing and payroll, but Certainly. definitely cybersecurity is is big right now. Okay. Yeah, and I guess a follow up to that when mm-hmm. you're looking at auditing a district, how do you determine what the focus and what the cycle is going to be? Uh, is it kind of external environmental factors like an increase in cybersecurity issues or is it something specific to that district? I'll say yes. <laughs> so, so it's a combination of different things, yeah. right? Our, you know, our audits, whether it's a school district or municipality, is based on risk assessments, right? So we'll, we can basically, we can make a, take a look at your your external order reports and see what, you know, your external order, orders have been saying. We can look and see what we said in the past. We can look at the financial information as far as fund balance and things like that. Cybersecurity is big. So again, like I said, we can definitely jump into that. So even even on taxpayer complaints, so it all depends. And then even when we get to the district, um, we may 
even if we don't find anything during that risk assessment, we may have a discussions with, you know, the officials and we can ask them, say, hey, what do you guys feel that, you know, we should look at? Mm-hmm. I know you right. guys have one thing you guys have orders all over the place, internal orders, claims orders, but are there certain things that you guys yeah. suggest that we take a look at? So there's that as well. And, and besides cybersecurity, are you seeing any kind of other macro trends in school districts that you're really focusing on with audits? No, I can't say. Probably safety might be something that's 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 getting big. I know the controller is, is into that as well. Okay. That's probably one of the bigger macro things as well. Okay. Yep. This is great. Yeah. Wow. So listen, I mean, Ari, as anyone else who comes in here, we always ask uh, for a piece of advice uh, that, you know, anybody who listens to us, uh, one of the things is, is part of our network with school business officials and, and gaining something out of listening to our podcast. So, you know, having a conversation about many things today, um, is there anything that you would, you know, potentially lend out as advice to our fellow SPL and all who listen to our podcast. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because you alluded to it earlier. What what I have is listed as as, uh, probably one of the biggest pieces of advice. I mean, you know, when when, there's no reason for the fret when we're doing an audit, you should use this as an opportunity, you know, to enhance your operations and use orders for technical assistance. I mean, I think, I don't mean it to our own own home, but we're probably, you know, the, the best free technical assistance advice you guys can get. You know, if we, if our auditors don't have the information, we'll definitely, you know, steer you guys in the right direction, find somebody that will get the answers for you. And you don't I have agree. to pay for that. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. You're right about that. <laughs> right. So, so, so like you said, I mean, it's definitely an opportunity to, to help you guys out with technical assistance. We're there to help. We're not there to, to play the I got you game, you know, mm-hmm. and, and by the time, I think for the most part, they realize, you know, you hear the word audits, like, oh my goodness. But like you said earlier, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, it shouldn't be a problem. And, and to your point also, part of that, um, the advice is like, not only have policies and procedures, but make sure they're, they're using them because there's yeah, no sense of having them. policies That's and procedures. Important. Like, yeah, we have this, the shiny positive procedures, but if you're not using them, what's the point because we're using right. that that's that's our guidance because people worry about what's going wrong all we're doing is looking to see what your policies and procedures say and we're um ordering you against your policies and procedures right either right. you're doing it or you're not <laughs> well well Ira, i have to say it is reassuring to hear from you specifically that you know the comptroller is there to help us right yes. because oftentimes school business officials their red flags go up when they see a letter from the comptroller and get really right. nervous but you know if everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing um i guess there's there's nothing to worry about so that's correct um, yeah I, I think those those are great words um you know that 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 we hear about so kind of wrapping up here uh just maybe one final question are there any significant challenges that you faced working with the comptroller's office, just trying to make things work with school districts? I mean, anything that you'd like to enlighten our listeners about that, you know, maybe on the other side of things that school districts should be aware of? Like, what are your challenges? I think that the the biggest challenge, I think, and like we just said, was just them worrying about, you know, the I gotcha. And I I think worrying about when we first sit down, what is Newsday going to think? And we tell, like, you know what, excuse me, Newsday is our local newspaper down here, but any local newspaper, that's what mm-hmm. they worry about, what's going to be said. And it's look, and I say, you know what, we have no control over that. That's our press office. If Newsday calls my office right now and be like, our report says what it says, contact the press office. Right. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's also it. a part of, you know, the, um, again, the, the misconception is that they're there to play the I gotcha game because they worry about what was said in Newsday. And I said, we don't have anything to do with that. Because we sit down with the people, we have 
a lot of opportunity to have discussions with them. So we, like I said, we don't want to play that I gotcha game. So the, the big thing is just making sure that we're being reasonable with each other. Perfect. Well, all right, this is great. Thanks for your time. We really did good with You're time welcome. too. Thank you guys for having um, us. It was great. It was great. And uh, yeah, this is um, something that we um, we put out on, on our social media. Um, what I mean by that, we have SPL Perspectives um, on Twitter as well as LinkedIn. That's and, great. And if the comp trailer shows up in your district, don't worry about it. They're going to help you, right? <laughs> That's it. There you go. <laughs> That's it. We, I like that, John, himself, right. He is the chief, right? So. That's right. Give me a call if something's going on, you know? How yeah, well, yeah, Ira, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate John, it. John, Dr. Mitchell, thank you guys Thanks. very much. I appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in to SBO Perspective. We hope you enjoyed our episode today with Ira McCracken. Really nice to kind of know that they're they the comptroller are there to help us as school mm-hmm. business officials and shouldn't really be treated as kind of like this this big ominous being trying to <laughs> uncover yeah, John, whatever I think, I think he really allayed a lot of fears potentially out there from folks who like always concerned about the art i mean you can see he's a down-to-earth person yeah he spoke, he you know candidly you know although i must say that the uh, he wasn't really going to give away the trade secrets. <laughs> I know. I was, I was <laughs> hoping we can get a little, you know, a little say, bit more behind well, the scenes. How is the audit derived? But you know what? For folks right. out there listening, I mean, it looks like one of the biggest things is uh, cybersecurity. So, um, you know, if anything, that is going to help you. Um, if, if you're um, still working on that, you can know that maybe the audit can come in and help you. Not to be a gotcha, like you said, but to give you the guidance, free guidance at that, you right. know. So, um, and, and the cybersecurity isn't going away. You know, Jack, we had uh, an episode not. on last last year that talked about yeah. the importance of cybersecurity yeah. and making sure so that all of your systems are, are up to par and you know you're, mm-hmm. you're protected. So the comptroller now is picking this up and making sure on their end that school districts are doing everything they can to protect student data and just their systems in general. So very fascinating Certainly. to see that this trend is not stopping. Oh, it's not. It's not. But it's good. So we're glad. And um, we hope that you really get a lot out of it. So listeners, uh, you know, stay tuned. Uh, SPO Perspectives, we're still blossoming. We're still growing. We have so many followers and leadership each week. So um, we thank you again, listeners, uh, for for tuning in. And um, John, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. If you're interested in presenting at the ASBO International Annual Conference and Expo this year, the call for proposals deadline is right around the corner on February 21st, 2023. Find all of the information at the ASBO International website at asbointl.org slash CFP. That's asbointl.org slash CFP. And make sure to get your great ideas in before it's too late.